Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, fellow gamers of the world. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. On Thursdays, we break down recent gaming news and provide our thoughts. I'm still reeling a little bit after our Tears of the Kingdom deep dive, but we're all back. No one's quit. Uh, I think we're all done crying and arguing with one another. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, we all know that he loves hardcore combat and a strong challenge. I think we might be getting the right military game for him here later this month. It's Josh. Oh, you know it. That's the that might be the most perfect intro you've ever given me, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hardcore combat, strong challenge. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's your cup of tea. I spot on, my friend. <laughs> and joining me and Josh, he is streaming in from Sanctuary. He is one of the Nephilim, a combination of both angel and demon, and he's tracking Mephisto's daughter Lilith across the countryside in hopes of killing her before she destroys us all. It's Ryan. Uh- I can't. I can't do this, guys. Now, right now, I got. I got fallen to kill. I'll be back. <laughs> I just love that we keep joking that Ryan is dual screening Diablo Four while we're recording. <laughs> I'm not going to say not I didn't listening. think about it. My my new computer is powerful, but I don't know if it's that powerful. <laughs> Probably best not to split attention. Oh goodness! All right, guys, we have so much to cover here today. I think the biggest news of the week is that Diablo Four is here. Lilith has returned to Sanctuary. The critical reviews are about as expected. They are fantastic. Very high ratings on Metacritic. It's still too early to tell, but I think this might be a little bit better than Diablo Immortal. Oh, my goodness. I thought you were going to say, like, Diablo 3 or even 2, maybe, or just, you know, something controversial, Paul. I thought he was going to say Zelda. Oh, man. (laughs) That's a given. That's that's an easy one, right? Oh, goodness. All right. I know know this is a really dumb question, but are you guys excited to be back in the world of Diablo? Yes. I am so pumped, man. (laughs) I I had very limited playtime. We got early access, right? So it's like we've been playing from, I don't know, for a few days now. And it took a minute to get past, like, the repetition of playing the, the last few betas. Yep. But I'm kind of at that point now where everything is new and we have hopped in and played together. I, you know, I've hopped in with another friend and played together. And it's like the love of playing games with your friends that has been missing from my life for so long is like now back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I am just, I'm loving every second of it, man. But yeah, I, I'm super pumped for Diablo 4. It's been a blast so far. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the same way. I, I was joking around because every, everything else right now, I'm, kind of coordinating around Diablo. 
I'm like, oh, okay, how can I fit this around Diablo? Okay, I got to do this, and then and then I can play more Diablo. I, I was joking with my friend the other night because we were playing for a few hours, and it's like, man, I feel like I'm 15 again. <laughs> this, what a time to be alive. Oh, yeah, and those long sessions playing with groups of people. It's been a while since we've done anything like that. I, I think this is kind of funny, but yesterday, all three of us clocked in some time in Diablo. Yep. Is that the first time the three of us have ever gamed together? I think it might be. I don't know that the oh, three of us man, have ever I think been you're on. Right? I think so. I don't think we played any Overwatch. I was just gonna say I, no. the only other one would have been Overwatch. I'm not sure if we played if we played any Overwatch together. Yeah, I think it was our first yeah, time. I think the three so. of us. Yeah. Jeez. So Diablo Four milestone moment here. It, I will say, dude, having to res Ryan repeatedly over oh, and over and save his and save his bacon, you know, because he got killed is just yeah, great. Yeah, you little dainty rogue <laughs> running around. Help, help. <laughs> oh man. Oh, and also we want to tell our listeners we created a clan for our listeners and fans of the show. Now the funny thing about when we game is that we generally only have about a two week window to knock out games because we're doing deep dives every other week. In this case, we're actually going to be able to play Diablo about three weeks before we record. So if anyone wants to join with us, I would really recommend doing it sooner than later. But we do have a clan called Multiplayer Pod, and it should be listed publicly. I just created it last night. So hop on in there and request an invite, and we'll add you guys. But me, Josh, and Ryan are all in there. We would love to be able to game with fans of the show. Uh, We do have other... Uh, IRL friends playing Diablo, so I can't always guarantee we can play with everybody, but at least we can chat and socialize, have everybody in there. So go check that out. Again, the clan name is Multiplayer Pod, and then we'll have that deep dive ready in a few weeks, so we won't share too many opinions quite yet, uh, but we're definitely playing a lot of Diablo right now. Thankfully. Yep. (laughs) All right. And then before moving on to our next story, we would like to ask our listeners to consider supporting our podcast on Patreon. We rely pretty heavily on Patreon to keep the show going. So if you like what we do and you want to keep family-friendly gaming content running, uh, we do release three shows every week. You can pledge support starting at $5 a month, which you can cancel at any time. Not only do your gifts keep our show running, but you also get some amazing perks like bonus episodes, all our content ad-free. You get a shout-out on the show. If you want to sign up, you can head over to MultiplayerSquad.com to do that. All right, next up, not only did Diablo 4 release in early access to great reviews, guys, Street Fighter Six released as well. And shockingly, the reviews are actually better than Diablo Street Fighter VI is now the best rated game of the year on PC, according to Metacritic. You guys both played a bit of the beta. Does this news surprise you? I'm I'm surprised. I, I think what it is is that everybody's so uh, just bent out of shape over having to play Zelda. They're just like, I need to punch something. <laughs> <laughs> no, after after playing the beta, I, you know, I know Josh as well. We were kind of weren't vibing with it. It seemed weird. The little open world that you were running around in, um, it just didn't didn't sit right. Didn't feel right. Like you said, I, I wanna, I just wanna be able to get in and just fight. I, you know, that's what I'm there for. It's just a fighting game. But if I mean, if it's reviewing well and people are are talking about it, you know, there must be something there. Yeah, I watched. I actually dug in and watched a few reviews and some articles and stuff on it, and it. I see why people like it. It actually got me kind of hyped for the game. It's one of those things where I, 
like regrettably, I don't think I'll ever have the time to put in to get good at a fighting game again. Like I used to literally sit in the training room and go through like the button combinations and the combos you could put together so that I could then hop online and actually be like, you know, be decent at the game. And it seems like there's just so many cool techniques that they have done for Street Fighter Six, uh, you know, and it's like I'm watching these and I'm like, oh, man, that'd be so good to just pull that on somebody, you know, and then they counter it and all that stuff. But then I'm just like, I want to be there, but I won't ever be there again, you know, but yeah, yeah. this seems to fix all the issues that people had with like Street Fighter five. The open world thing is janky and almost all the reviews said, is this even really needed? Like they're trying to put like RPG elements in this and stuff, but they did clarify that dude, all, all you have to do is just pick fight, uh, pick quick play or ranked match and boom, you're in and you're good to go. So I think that's really resonating with a lot of people. There's a couple weird things about this one. So it is a full $60 game and it still has a paid battle pass, which is yeah. a little bit odd because I know <laughs> <laughs> fighting games obviously have much smaller audiences and they have to like find other ways to monetize. And I guess that's their answer. That's a little odd. But really, the one thing I do want to criticize Capcom for is that they sent out review copies and they were all console reviews, apparently. And then they very quietly added DeNuvo anti-tamper at the last minute for PC. And so this is a trend that we've now seen on a couple of games where they sneak in unpopular elements at the last minute after review keys go out. And then you're changing the product. I mean, I will admit it's a very smart PR tactic to like get it in there, but it's a little bit of a bait and switch. And I think this sets a really poor precedent. I don't like the fact that reviewers are reviewing a game and then the game is changing after the embargoes are lifted and then the game releases with something that's unpopular i'm not a fan of that at all yeah here's the thing with de and all that i it does seem dishonest and i'm not a fan i'm with you 100 percent on that paul i am all for publishers and developers being able to protect their games right like i get that you know some people sail the high seas and piracy is a big issue and all that stuff but you know, it's like, I get it. You want to protect your game from piracy. Fine. However, just admit it up front or yeah. somebody come up with something besides DeNuvo because DeNuvo's got a bad rap. You know, people say, hey, this affects performance. And I know there's arguments and stuff like that in there, but it, just come out and say it that there's what are you trying to hide at that point? Nobody is mad at you because you're trying to prevent piracy. They're mad at you because you're being sneaky about the context that you're using. Or how you're going about it. Yeah, the issue is is the the cover-up is always worse than the crime, right? And that's how this comes across. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah, it's it's if you're gonna do it, just just come out right, just take care of it. It's it's a good thing. You're protecting the game, but there's no need to kind of try to use back doors and back channels to to then people just feel why did you wait for that? There's no re- reason to do it. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's manipulative, and it it definitely shows that they know there would be negative backlash, which is why they get you hyped and then sneak it in <laughs> at the last minute. Boy, you kind of snuck up on me there. I am very, very sneaky, sir. I see that. Uh, in any case, the game is doing extraordinarily well. I mean, if you check Steam charts, they're regularly getting 70,000 concurrent users on PC, which is really, really high for a fighting game. 
it really seems like gamers were just ready to eat this one up. So I don't know if it's just a matter that there was a little bit of this gap in between like Tekken, Mortal Kombat, and Street Fighter entries. Maybe people were just ready for the next fighting game, but this one's doing really well. Although it sounds like probably none of us will actually pick it up. Is that the case? It makes me happy to see, honestly. It really does. And it's crazy to think that like 40,000 people is the highest concurrent. But when you think about a game being 1v1, that's 20,000 matches occurring at any given moment. (laughs) You know what I mean? At that time, too. So it's like, I know people like to compare like Apex and Warzone and say, oh, it's got a million concurrent users. But it's like, yeah, but there's a lot more people in each match. No, I yeah. mean it's it's I mean maybe the fighting game is coming back. I mean just yesterday at at Comic-Con I saw Kratos playing Street Fighter 2. So <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, everybody's in <laughs> the world. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, for for our listeners, we have Phoenix Fan Fusion out here, which is kind of like Comic-Con and Ryan was there, Josh was there, my wife took our son there. And yeah, I did see some pictures that Ryan took of uh, Josh in his full Kratos outfit, <laughs> schooling some kids in some Street Fighter 2. And that yeah. kid totally cut in line, by he the way. He did cut in line. He looked at I, you. And I called him out <laughs> yeah, on it, too. I was man. actually surprised because I'm very uh, passive and not good at that stuff. And, and you were just like, hey, were you in line? And he's like, yes. He was just, yeah. he, he just clapped right back at you. And I'm just, I just stepped back. I'm like, all right, you guys go. Yeah. And then I schooled him. <laughs> yep. With a broken, uh, broken rig With, there. Well, too. yeah. I, to be, uh, to be completely fair, I did lose the second match, but the controller was basically garbage and I couldn't do half my moveset either. So. <laughs> Oh, sure. (laughs) All right. Well, it's time for our ad break here. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, You can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, let's talk a little bit about an upcoming release called Six Days in Fallujah. So if any of our listeners out here don't know anything about this game, it's actually been in development since 2009. This one's been a very long time coming. It follows a squad of Marines during the Second Battle of Fallujah, which took place in November of 2004. And since the game is based on true events where, you know, people were killed and with the politics involved and everything like that, the game has always been considered quite controversial. So it has passed between publisher to publisher to publisher until it landed with Highwire Games back in 2021, and it was finished by former Halo and Destiny devs. So this is a four-player co-op tactical shooter game which has procedurally generated levels and 100% destructible environments. And probably like the brand or the hook of this game is basically to make a very hyper-realistic military game, which will feel and play 
like what the Marines experienced in real life. So this is not over-the-top combat like you might expect from Just Cause or Far Cry or something like that. Um, this is actually requiring hardcore tactics and teamwork. This will actually enter early access later this month on June 22nd. And I feel like this game is going to be pretty well received. What are your guys' thoughts about this one? Um, I, I gotta admit, I for it being in development for that long, I've kind of missed this one. Um, I haven't seen it uh coming through any of the the channels for me. But you know, Fallujah me once, shame on me. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I love it. I hate it at the same time. I, I, oh, I, I, I like so good, and then it was I, so bad. <laughs> that's how you want it. Um, I, I will say, watch, watching the stuff on there, where it actually had the soldiers talking and, and describing everything, it was kind of bone-chilling Yeah. to, mm, yeah. to how, how, how they described the game and how it is, and then they showed the gameplay. It... Uh, it's something I definitely want to check out. Um, absolutely. I, I love these type of super realistic. That's why, you know, I loved, uh, I was more of a battlefield guy because you can shoot a cannon and boom and it blows up a wall. And then even when I was a, a younger kid, I played a uh, SWAT three old like Windows 98 game where you were a SWAT police officer and you'd go in and you'd have to zip tie the guys and it just seems so much more realistic. So those are my types of games and this one seemed to be something that's going to hit the marks for me and, and something I, I definitely want to check out. Yeah, this one really got my attention. I, you know, I generally like the more arcadey shooters, but the really cool part about this, there was a line that one of the the Marines or, you know, whoever they consulted with said, you know, most of the shooter games that I've seen are nothing like what combat is like in real life. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is the most honest depiction of what real world combat is actually like that I think I've seen in a video game. Oh, wow. You know, and that makes me very curious because I am naturally like a competitive and strategic person. And so I want to instantly go like, I wonder how I do, you know, like, like, how would we do guys? Like if the three of us are playing and we have this mission, like, would we do okay? You know, and for me, that's like the the draw is like I want to think about, okay, well, you cover the window, I'll break through the door, you know, that kind of thing. And I like the tactics aspect of that in a very popular genre like a first person shooter. So I color me very intrigued on this one. My one concern is that if you get too tactical and too slow paced, it starts to feel like work versus a video game at that point. That's by far my biggest concern as well. So when the game Meet Your Maker came out and and we were able to beta test it, that was the one thing that I I wasn't really expecting is that the speed kind of grinded to a halt because you have to be so careful rounding corners and things like that. And with the real-life story in Fallujah, you have insurgents who were sitting for days just waiting with a gun pointed at the door to kill whoever opens that door. So for a game like this to require such hardcore tactics, I do I do worry a little bit that it might fall too much on the lack of action side and, and but maybe that's also just naive because I haven't played the game yet. Right. I've watched footage. It looks in, incredibly enthralling and thrilling. I mean, when uh, Ryan mentioned the SWAT games, I was thinking of like the old school Rainbow Six games, which is oh, kind yeah. of very similar to SWAT, where you had to have a predefined plan ahead of time. 
you had to execute it well, but you also had to be able to improvise and change things on the fly. And since this game is entirely procedurally generated, where there's different buildings and different layouts and the insurgents will be placed in different areas... This is not the kind of game that you're going to be able to just memorize or follow a guide. You're going to be able to have to plan, but also adjust on the fly. I could see this game being incredibly frustrating, but also incredibly fun at the same time. Because by all accounts, the game is punishingly hard. You die a lot. You have to retry a lot. But you're going to be able to replay these missions because they're procedurally generated. I feel like this is the perfect game to watch streamers. I think it would be a lot of fun to watch and try to glean from people who play this game a lot to see their strategies, try to implement it on our own. This is a game I would love the three of us to be able to play, but I don't know if we're going to be able to fit it in with all of our deep dives. Yeah, I I, I am very interested to see what the reception is, and I would love to play. I think it's a game with friends that really would shine. Again, talking about tactics and, you know, you do this, I'll go here and that kind of thing and coordinating all that. Yeah. No, you were supposed to cover my back, Josh. What are yeah, you doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, dude, I saw a bird up in the sky. <laughs> I was oh, no. a guy. <laughs> yeah. And do you guys know what this game's going to cost? This is maybe the best part. $30. Very close. Forty. Forty dollar okay. game. Mm-hmm. That'll work. So it's not not a seventy dollar price tag like Forspoken or something like that. This one's a little on the cheaper side. I think it looks really interesting. I, I it it does seem to be a good counterbalance where we have so many arcade style shooters, and I think this will be a nice change of pace to mix in along with maybe something like Apex, right? Where you're sliding and you know doing all kinds of crazy stuff. All right, so next up here on the docket, I don't know about you guys, but I'm very excited about an upcoming game called The Expanse. It is a Telltale series game, which is set out in space. It is a prequel to the TV series, which I've never seen. Uh, I guess that aired for six seasons on Sci-Fi and on Amazon Prime. They are going to be releasing the very first episode on July 27th, and then after that, there will be four additional episodes that release every two weeks after. Now, this week, we did get a story trailer that dropped just a couple of days ago. I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts. Am I the only one looking forward to this, or are you guys also excited? I thought I thought it looked kind of cool. One, one thing I will say from watching that trailer... That voice acting sounded horrible to me. I don't know if it was to you guys, to you, but to me, I was just, I'm, I was blown away by how, how, how bad I thought it was. Um, other than that, it looked pretty cool. I just, that one kept holding me up the way the guys, the way they talked, the inflections, it just, I don't know, it didn't sit right with me. Some of their weird slang, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. It just, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they were trying to be a little over dramatic or or something like that. Like I didn't think it was bad, but it definitely didn't catch me as being like really really good like mm-hmm. the Walking Dead series was. I thought the voice acting in that game was great. Um I like these kind of games. Initially my brain always goes, "Yeah, it sounds kind of boring," but any one of these games that I've ever played, I've always been like, "Man, you really get into the characters, you get into the choices and the outcomes and stuff like that." I this is a game that will be one of those where if it gets really good reviews will bump it up like my radar and 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 I don't know why that is maybe it's just that we have so many other like big killer games coming up this year so it's like 
and I love space is the other thing. So the setting is fantastic. You know, they're, they're, they're really driving home how grand this is, like a, a galaxy changing story and all that stuff that you play a part in. But I my, I don't know, man. My hype level is just not that high on it. And I generally really enjoy the Telltale games. So I think it's more just a matter of like, we have big game releases coming up this summer. And so this one has just kind of naturally fallen down that list for me. Yeah, and, and they don't show hardly anything. So I don't think it's so much the content of the trailer that has me excited. It's more the cachet of trust that I have for Telltale and the yeah. fact that it's been such a long time since we've gotten a game from them. So the fact that they like went under, but now they're back and we're finally going to get more content. That's what I'm really excited about. I know all of us really loved The Walking Dead, and that's one of the most emotional uh, and one of the, those games that just stick with you that you can't shake for a while yeah. after playing. And so the idea of having a game like that set in space, I think, is interesting because we haven't really seen that before. You know, there are other games like Star Trek Resurgence just released like, I don't know, I think it was like a week and a half ago and it didn't get very good scores. It's a 69 on Metacritic. Um, but here having an official Telltale game, that has me interested. You do see some stuff in the story where maybe there are like some romance options. There's also one line that really stuck with me. They say during the trailer, one of the characters' voices, there is no good option. Whatever you choose will be wrong, and it's your job to choose. And that's kind of like the whole Star Trek Kobayashi Maru test, right? It's the no-win scenario. He cheated. Changed the conditions of the test. Got a commendation for original thinking. I don't like to lose. Then you never faced that situation. I don't believe in the no-win scenario. But how are you still going to go about this mission? And that's when it's like, okay, that's the stuff that I really love. I have said before that my favorite tag on Steam is Choices Matter. And that's what Telltale's all about. That's all it is. It's just you making choices, and then you get to watch the game play out. So this one's definitely on my radar. Um, this is one that I actually might pick up on my own, even if we don't cover it on the show. It's very rare that I'll do that for a game. But because of my love for Telltale... I, I might be willing to do that for this one. Yeah. All right. And then I think the last thing that we'll talk about here for just a moment is I think all three of us are big Fable fans, right? Is is that the case? Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed the Fable games. Um, I, I mean, it's been, what, 100 years since Fable <laughs> has been around at this point is what it feels like. It's like, been 84 <laughs> years. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. Like, oh, man. But oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the Fable games when they came out were just legendary. They added so many things that games nowadays still copy to this day. But then... I mean, you know, honestly, the franchise kind of lost its way a little bit with Fable 3, and it wasn't as innovative and stuff like that. So maybe it's time. Maybe that was just, you know, hey, we got to give people a break, and we don't know how to innovate, really. So we're just going to not make anything for a while. <laughs> yeah, this is a weird one, because we've received no news about the next Fable game. But I feel like people are always writing articles about it, but the articles are always... We still have no news about Fable, and it's now been 13 years since Fable 3. So it's funny that we have nothing to say here, but there have been some posts lately on social media, and Microsoft is very heavily hinting that the upcoming Xbox showcase, which will be on June 11th, is going to highlight Fable. 
So we don't know that for sure, but showing pictures with like glitter, which is like how you follow your way markers in Fable, it, it, it seems to be heavily hinting at that. So I think everyone should probably at least take note on June 11th. We might finally have some news about Fable there. Uh, Ryan, I know you were saying you can't wait to start accumulating more spouses in Fable. <laughs> I was, was going to say, any game that I can just be evil and have a bunch of wives, bring yeah. me in. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it. <laughs> See, Ryan and I played a lot of Fable 1 together on Xbox. I remember when it first released, we oh, bought yeah. it. We played the heck out of that game. And I do remember the fastest way to turn evil was to get married and then to sacrifice your spouse. It was like <laughs> minus 100 morality points or whatever. And if you did it a couple times, you grew giant massive devil horns and you'd be full evil. So, yeah, it, spouse relations are a little complicated in, in Fable. I'll just say that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps up today's show. We do want to say thank you to all of our listeners for uh, tuning in and listening to this episode. We do also want to give a very big shout out to all of our current Patreon supporters. We've got two legendary supporters, Gaius214 and Red Letter. We also have epic supporters, Ace of Shame, We Like Mowers, HG Knight, Casmon, Skippy, Michael the Butler, Yoda, Romelia, and Master Wayne01. So if you guys want to join their ranks and help support the show as well, like they do, you can go over to MultiplayerSquad.com. And we would also appreciate if you would toss us a follow on socials. You can find us everywhere at MultiplayerPod. And then we will be back on Saturday with a quick take. And then we'll be back on Monday for a bonus round. And I think that's it, guys. Come play some Diablo with us, yeah, man. I was, I was yeah. just say, if nobody's on, I'll probably be on. So yeah, join, <laughs> join our Discord server. Uh, you can ask there. We've posted, you know, an announcement about come play Diablo with us. I am more than happy to to hop in with people. I will say this, um, not a spoiler at all, but they do a phenomenal job of like bridging the level gap. So if you're like, oh, well, you're going to be higher level than me, it doesn't really matter. I, I mean, they handle that fantastically so you can really just play with friends uh and it works really well so come join us yeah you'll still earn xp regardless of your level so it's not like if you're level 40 grouping with someone who's level 12 that you won't get anything they do a good job so you can still level and play together so yeah come join us party up and then until next time happy gaming see ya all right see everybody